the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, both now and ever to the ages of all ages. Amen. Um, it, it's, uh, it's been said that it isn't the mountain ahead that wears you out, but the grain of sand in your shoe. Um, and that's been popularized probably by Muhammad Ali, um, the, the, the famous boxer. But it was first printed in a trade publication in 1916 uh, by an insurance company. And it's really true. I mean, I think all of us can relate that uh, it's not the giants that stand before us, the mountains that stand before us that wear us out, but the, the, the little gnawing um, irritations. Um, and as we kind of progress through the fast and we're in the, this fifth week, the church is encouraging us um, and it's, it's telling us to hold fast, to stand fast, not to give up um, and not to, to lose hope um, um, and to strengthen and encourage each other. Um, and really, that's what that's what I where I, I really what I really wanted us to, to focus on today um, was that God is really calling us to strengthen each other and to confirm each other and to encourage each other, uh, even uh, given the, the, the social isolation and, and uh, you know, and distance thing and all of that, that we are um, supposed to be um, uh, doing and, and, and really ought to, um, really ought to be doing. Um, and, and really like this, this uh, pandemic has kind of brought out the best in people. Uh, I mean, it's sure it's brought out the worst as well. Uh, but it's it brought out the uh, really the best in in, uh, in people. And uh, for just a moment, um, I want I'm going to ask you a question, and I, I'd love for everybody to participate. Or let's let's at least get four, five, six responses from you. Um, what are beautiful stories that you've heard in the media, uh, or 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 things you've witnessed yourself uh, that you could say that this pandemic has brought out some of the best in people? I'd love to hear from you. You have more time for prayer. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful. Uh, in the chat box, it says uh, I've missed a lot of people, and I've recognized how much I miss them. Um, and people are reaching out um, and asking about each other. Um, and a whole bunch of stuff coming in the chat box now. Um, uh, our neighbors, uh, four guys who party a lot, offered to pick up groceries for us. Someone else is saying that uh, uh, today I read on Facebook a husband uh, and wife are repairing appliances for free uh, for people who need um, appliance repairs. Um, what else have you heard of? What else have you read in, in the media? I have one. Yes, please. I don't know how this works. Do I, do I go? Yeah, please go oh, ahead. Okay. Um, one of my colleagues at work, um, she lives in an apartment building. She lives on her own, and there's an elderly man that lives down the hall from her. He has no family. 
Uh, and uh, before all this, they used to get together and just go for walks with each other about once a week. They, they just became buds. And now, because he's about 80, uh, she goes to talk to him through his door. That's beautiful. Which is really sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how they stay friends now. That's beautiful. Um, and uh, for the people who are preferring to type, I'd love to hear your voices and, and, uh, and see you uh, on video if you feel comfortable, of course, whatever you feel uh, comfortable with. Um, um, but there's lots of, lots of uh, uh, beautiful, um, beautiful things coming up here and people are sewing masks and scrubs for healthcare professionals. Um, people in Spain are praying uh, in, front of, in front of churches that are closed. Italian doctors are believing in Christ as they see miracles happening uh, for their patients. Um, this is, uh, I was, Meg at the Neshed who put one in the chat box. I, I was gonna, I was gonna, I, I was gonna close with that one. Um, uh, Catherine is saying uh, Ontario and lots of places have been releasing uh, non-violent prisoners uh, uh, from jail. Um, uh, you know, I'll share a few. I'll share a few with with you. Uh, let me see here if I can uh, if I can share um, if I can share my screen. Uh, uh, I get it. Does it doesn't matter? I mean, you can look them up for yourself. Um, Tesla is donating ventilators um, to uh, to hospitals uh, in the U.S. Uh, CEOs uh, are taking pay cuts. Some have taken. Uh, Pay cuts as, as low. Uh, they're taking are taking as little as ten percent of their salary uh, before being forced to fire um, uh, employees and have layoffs. Uh, last Thursday uh, in London, um, they London, England, they they everybody uh, went and stood up, uh, you know, on their balconies or at their doors, and at eight p.m. they clapped for the NHS. That's the equivalent there in the national health system, and it could be heard throughout the city. Um, uh, you know, people encouraging um, the healthcare workers. Uh, in, in Italy, there are a balcony flash mob symphonies where people will just start playing uh, common pieces of music and people will join in with uh, musical instruments or, or, or just that, you know, they'll find uh, wood spoons to bang on their, um, on their balconies with. Um, kids' birthday party parades, uh, you know, kids have, are, 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 are not able to have their birthday parties, and so neighbors are getting together with their cars um, and, and parading um, kids um, um, uh, free online um, workout sessions by people who would have previously charged for them. Um, and then, and then th this is the one that, of course, really got me and, and comes... Uh, uh, very, very, very close to home. Tons more, uh, you know, uh, responses in the chat box, um, which are beautiful. Please, please read them. But um, there was an Italian priest uh, who uh, um, required a ventilator to breathe, and his his congregation, his parishioners, went and and, and collected money and and bought him one. Um, and then he uh, he saw another another younger patient who needed it. Uh, and, and he, he, he said, like, I'm old and, you know, uh, like, even if I get through um, this COVID pandemic, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an elderly man. Um, this young man has so much more potential in him and actually gave the ventilator to that um, younger person and he died. 
and he died saving um, his life. Um, and, and these things are really, really, really beautiful. Um, and, I'm, and, and I'm encouraging all of you to, to do what you can uh, for your neighbors and for your friends uh, and for the people whom you know and the people that you don't know, like we pray in the Cyrillian liturgy, for our friends and our enemies. You know, may God have mercy upon us. Um, but I think today's readings are encouraging us Forgive me, I, I don't mean to make light of any of the deeds which were done, and in some of which that I've listed and you've listed, um, uh, people have given up their lives. So I'm not, I'm not making light of, of the, the gifts that other people have made. But I think God wants us to take it a step further. I think he wants us to take it, he wants us to move our, our gift into eternity. He wants us to, to not only seek the, the well-being and the life of the people around us here on earth, but to, to, to care, care is not even the right word, it's, it's much more than that, to, to, to long for, to ache, to yearn uh, for the eternity of, of all of mankind. Let's take it, let's take it a step further. Um, and, and everything that I've been reading and, 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 and had my own readings and, and sermons I've been listening to during this week has been talking about how every member of the body of Christ is so precious and that the body of Christ is only complete, is only realized, is only realized, it only, only becomes, it becomes real when every member takes their place in the body of Christ. Can you imagine what it would be like if you suddenly were missing your left hand? Forget about your dominant hand, your other hand. I shared this example before. I'm no plastic surgeon, and people in our congregation um, have, uh, you know, brothers and sisters who are plastic surgeons. So, but, um, you know, from the little that I know about, about trauma and about hands, your, your pinky finger is probably the most unappreciated finger in, in, in your hands. Can you imagine what it would be like to lose your pinky finger other than that it would look a little funny? Did you know that your pinky finger, your pinky finger contributes 50% of your grip strength? So, you know, um, you can measure grip strength by, by making people squeeze something and seeing how many millimeters of mercury, how much pressure they generate by, uh, by their grip. Did you know that your pinky finger gives 50% of your grip strength, try, try splinting your pink, pinky finger with a, with a popsicle stick or something, tying it up to a stick, and try gripping something without your pinky finger. Notice even now, just do it now, your, your, your last two finger, your ring finger and your middle finger don't come down properly if, if your pinky finger doesn't come down with them. Every member of the body of Christ is so precious to the function of the body of Christ. Not just the appearance, but the function of the body of Christ. And we find this so clearly. St. Paul goes to this over and over and over and over again. And in um, Ephesians 4, he says that we have been given the, the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit for the equipping of the saints. This is Ephesians 4, uh, 12, verses 12 and 16. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry and the edifying of the body of Christ, for uh, from whom the whole body, the whole body without exception, the whole body joined and knit together by what every 
joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body to the edifying of itself in love my beloved brothers and sisters in in the chapter right before this saint paul tells us that he, he says his prayer for the church his prayer for you and for me and for every believer is that we may comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that works in us. This beautiful passage about about his prayer for us that we may be able to comprehend the width and the depth and the height and the length of the love of Christ. There's an incredibly important part which precedes, precedes that prayer, which I read now, and you might have missed it. And I missed it. And I missed it until it was brought to my attention that we may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the height and the depth and the length of the love of Christ. It's only with all the saints together. It's only in all of us being together that this um, that this is realized. And, and hence the, the extreme importance, the extreme, extreme importance that every member is brought together, that the whole body may be glorified together. And my, my I don't want to say my fear, but my, my deep concern in this time is that some people start to just kind of fall away. You know, we get into habits and routines, healthy habits and healthy routines, right? Such as gathering to worship together in, in a place, uh, you know, in Toronto here at 557 Bathurst Street. And for those of you who are tuning in from wherever you are in the world, wherever is local for you. And um, a concern that I have is that, that um, some of our habits which were tied to communal worship uh, for example, in the church, literally, uh, you know, that, that uh, our, our personal communion with Christ, which is the most precious and important thing, may start to waver uh, uh, as we no longer have to wake up as early. I usually wake up at 5 or 5.30 on Sunday mornings. If we're only starting worship at 9.30, guess what? I woke up at 7 or 7.30 today right? Why don't I wake up at 5.30? I have a health, healthy habit of waking up at 5 or 5.30 on Sunday mornings. Why didn't I wake up and have an extra two hours to spend with the Lord on the day of resurrection, on, the, on Sunday, the day of glory? Why not? Why, why, why uh, a kind of uh, get a little bit loose, a little bit lazy, a little bit, you know, and that's what I worry about. And that's the message of the church to us in the fifth Sunday of Lent, for us to persevere, for us to, to persevere. Vesper's gospel was about the prayer of the persistent widow. Today, about the man who was lame for 38 years and was healed. Don't give up. Hang, hang in there. But, but this message is not just for you, but is for those who are around you. And, and all of those, because with, without this, without the assembly of the saints, and this is not, I'm not talking about a physical assembly. I'm talking about your personal communion with Christ. 
my personal communion with Christ, Marina's personal communion with Christ, Peter's personal communion with Christ, uh, Mark's personal communion with Christ, Nina's personal communion with Christ. I'm picking common names because there's lots of Marinas and lots of <laughs> uh, Marks and lots of so on, right? You know, with, like, it, um, it's that communion with Christ that, that brings the whole body together. And like, like when you put all the pieces of a puzzle together, only when all of the pieces are present, do you see the fullness of the image and the image is restored and the beauty of the image is restored let nothing distract you and me from our attraction to christ and please look out for your neighbors look out for your brother look out for your sister look out for your physical neighbors now that you're stuck at home do you know the names of the people who live immediately to your left and to your right have you ever shared a part of, of of the gospel with them. Have you ever entertained the idea? Um, you know, now, uh, like, like was, uh, you know, Michelle was telling us, you know, you can kind of, you can do it through the door uh, <laughs> if, uh, if, um, um, if need be. And St. Paul tells us uh, in Hebrews 12, you know, he, he says to us something, Hebrews 12, 12 to 14, he says something really beautiful to us. He says, therefore strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. Make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. You see, if, if my brother is starting to get a little weak, a little shaken, if my sister is starting to falter a little bit, if, if, if I run the race, to Christ and I stand fast, but my brother is, my sister is lost along the way. What does St. Paul say? No one will see the Lord. So you and I, my beloved brothers and sisters, we have a responsibility towards each other. We have a responsibility towards each other to hold fast ourselves, yes, and to take it a step further. A, a lot of uh, our congregants have come together and put together a WhatsApp group called SMSK Groceries. And they're happy to pick up groceries for you if you need groceries. That's great. How about, how about uh, you know, an SMSK, you know, I will not let my brother falter group, you know, right? I will not, not let my sister fall behind group. No one stands alone group. Why not? I, I'm, I'm being, you know, uh, you know not, I'm not serious with these things in a certain sense, but in a certain sense, I am. Okay, fine, Father John. I believe you. I believe what you're saying. I get it. How? How? How would you have us? Um, how would you have us do this? The first is the first is to ensure our own personal communion with Christ. To pray. To read. To make sure that that every day. And I pray that it would be possible multiple times a day throughout the day that we lift our hearts towards heaven. That we yearn that we yearn for Christ, that we, that, we, that we turn our eyes inwards to the indwelling of the Holy Spirit inside of us, and we, and we reach inwards to Him and surrender ourselves to Him and submit ourselves to Him, that we don't let our days, you know, like start, uh, and we remember God in the morning, and then boom, 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 and then at the end of the day, we remember Him again before we go to bed. It's great if you thank God and you praise Him and you glorify Him in the morning, 
and you thank him for giving you a new day, a beautiful day, an opportunity to, a new opportunity to repent and to glorify him and to thank him, that's great. And at the end of the day that you examine yourself and you sit with God and you repent and you offer a repentance, that's beautiful. But what happened in the, in the 16 hours in between? God wants our hearts to always be lifted up to him. I pray that we could do that. That's the first step. Um, that's the first step. But don't wait to complete this step before you go to the next. The next thing that we can do is, uh, is we, can, we can make a, a habit. Maybe God is calling us now to build a habit for the rest of our lives to share whatever it is that we, that we um, harvested from, from our communion with Christ with others. You know, uh, I was reminded a little bit of something I used to do and I've stopped and I feel convicted about it. I was listening to a sermon uh, and one priest who was speaking in this sermon and he was saying uh, that there's an, another priest that he serves with every time he says hello to him. Like, like, uh, like he'll be like, uh, they'll be standing in church He'll be standing in church. The one Abuna and the other priest will, will, will walk in a little bit later than him. And the priests usually greet each other when they walk into the church. So when he greets him, rather than just greeting him and saying, you know, my father, pray for me or whatever. Let my father pray for me. You know what I read the other day? Uh, you know what I read this morning? Uh, you know what, how God encouraged me with? And he always is sharing something. He always has something to share. He always is, 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 is or, or a question to ask. I read this this morning and I didn't understand it. Yesterday, I this and that and so on. And if you're not in a habit of daily quiet time and you feel convicted by what I'm saying, Habib, I'm, my beloved brother and sister, I'm not, telling, I'm not here to convict you. Share what you have. I sit with my spiritual father and the first thing he'll ask me, he'll tell me, hey, share something with me. And I'll tell him, oh, Abuna, I didn't have time to read this morning and this and that. They'll tell me, don't worry, give me the day-olds. You know, and you go to a bakery, you know, and, and the, 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 the day-old bread, the day-old bagels are half off. You know, he'll tell me, give me some of your day-olds. You know, give me some of the stuff yesterday or from the day before. Give me some of, it, do, it doesn't, just give me something. He's my spiritual father, and he's the one who is poking me, prodding me, that he might receive a word from God from me, his son, like, and, and the, the, the discrepancy of our spirituality and holiness it is absolutely ridiculous, right? But the point is, is that let, let us have this culture between us and ourselves and between each other of sharing the word of God and sharing, sharing our experiences with God, sharing what God has done with us, with each other, um, you, you can use phrases like, hey, guess what I read this morning? Or, you know, I never realized that. Or, isn't it so beautiful that? Or, I've always wished that. You know, and I'm sure you can come up with your, with, with your, own, uh, with your own phrases. I, I, I urge you, you know, at, like I, I'm using Zoom here on my laptop, and there's 134 participants with us at this time. The number doesn't matter. What it only matters in that if you click on the participants thing, you can scroll through them. Look through the list of names now. I uh, find be distracted from what I'm saying and look through the list of names and try to scribble down on a piece of paper next to you or on a note on your phone. Who do you not see there? Not who do you see there? Who do you not see there? A very holy and righteous priest in our area here in Toronto once 
I was praying a wedding and there were a lot of priests there. And uh, I, I, I was standing next to this holy man and I turned to him, of course, in my weakness and my foolishness, I turned to him and I said to him, uh, wow, the church is packed, um, uh, you know, isn't it? Uh, and he turned to me and he said to me, never look to how many people are there. Look to how many people are missing. Some people uh, who like study church and study, you know, study, uh, you know, like uh, uh, church attendance patterns and all of these things. So a whole department of theology called ecclesiology. They, they have time and time again in context and context and context demonstrated that in the regular services that, 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 that churches pray, a regular Sunday service, a regular youth meeting, a regular uh, parents meeting, a regular whatever, the attendance will be somewhere between 5 to 15%. 5 to 15%, say 10%. That means, that means that for every person you see there, there are nine that are missing. If you do a retreat or a convention or a, get a guest speaker, you do some big, some big event, some big thing, you can get up to about... 50 or 60 percent on Christmas and Easter for us it's Palm Sunday and Good Friday the most attended services uh, in, in the in the Coptic Church you get up to about 80 percent that still means that for every four people that are there on Palm Sunday there's one missing so it's not about who you see there it's about who you don't see there ask about each other humbly like with a spirit of humility you know, and with a spirit of not like, oh, you vile sinner, where, where were you this morning? You know, why didn't you log on to Zoom? Rather, rather just humbly reach out to each other and say, hey, how are you? How's it going? Um, I had a friend uh, that I used to, used to, he worked shift work, so I never knew when he was working and when he wasn't. And so if I didn't see him at church, I'd call him up and I'd say, uh, uh, hey, uh, so-and-so. How are you doing? I missed you at church today. And I realized that he didn't really like that. I realized that maybe I don't know, felt kind of like it was condescending or something. Of course, that was never my intention. Um, so I, I stopped saying I missed you at church today. And I just started saying I miss you. One day he stopped me and he said, why are you, why are you always like, uh, you know, looking down at me for not coming to church? Uh, whether I'm, uh, you know, working a shift or not working a shift, or I just finished the night shift and I can't come, or, or whether I just slept in, you know, why do you have to look down at me? And I was like, you know, really, I never had that intention. I'm, I'm sorry, that wasn't my goal, you know. Um, and so I stopped even saying I miss you. Uh, and when I call him and reach out to him, all I would say is, hey, so and so, how are you doing? And I, I really love you, um, and I'm really glad to, to connect, you know. To hear your voice so it's important that when we do reach out to people we reach out to people with a spirit of humility even if we have no intention of, of condescension or pride or or anything like that um you never know how it's going to be taken and really what you what you want our end goal is for every member of the body of christ to have their communion strengthened um strengthened with him i want to finish with sharing with you one of the most beautiful divine truths I have ever uh, read or heard. Um, if you read Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11 is the chapter on faith. And in Hebrews 11, you know, 
you know, the Hall of Fame, like the Hockey Hall of, Hall of Fame, people oftentimes call Hebrews 11 the Hall of Faith, uh, where the, the heroes of faith um, are, are, are listed um, and discussed. Um, and they talk about uh, like uh, um, Noah and Enoch and Abraham and Moses. Uh, and, and it says, and, 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 uh, and it goes on and he says, and he says, and like, like, and there isn't enough time for me to talk about Isaiah and Daniel and those who loved God so much, they wandered around in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute of their daily needs, of their most necessary needs. They were destitute. And they, uh, and they, um, and they uh, needed all of this, and, and all for the love of Christ. And he talks about these people, and they seem like larger than life. They seem larger than life uh, in St. Paul's description in Hebrews 11. And he says about all of these people, now I'm reading from Hebrews 11:39 to Hebrews 12:1. The end of Hebrews 11 and the beginning of 12. And all these things, all of these saints have obtained a good testimony through faith, but they did not receive the promise. God having provided something better for us. So wait a minute here, St. Paul. You're trying to tell me, you're trying to tell me Abraham, Noah, Moses. He talks about how Abraham offered up Isaac in faith. God promised him that Isaac uh, will, be, will bear his seed. And he, if he offers Isaac and kills Isaac, that means the only logical conclusion is that Isaac will be brought back from the dead. Like that Abraham believed in the resurrection. What great faith. And all of, all of these received the good testimony from their faith, but they didn't receive the promise. Why? Why, God, would you not give them the promise? Why, God, you, you did it like, give them, give them the end of their faith, the promise which was promised them. Why? He says it in verse 40, that they should not be perfected apart from us. They're sitting in the waiting room. They're sitting in the waiting room of the promise of, of heaven. They're in the waiting place, paradise. They haven't entered heaven. Why? That they should not be made perfect apart from us who are they waiting for me they're waiting for you they're waiting for my brother for my sister they're waiting for us you see we're all one body we're all one team we're all gonna receive we're all gonna receive the promise together i am the 11th hour worker who is going to receive a denarius for my pathetic spiritual life and St. Mary will receive a denarius. And St. Anthony will receive a denarius. And Abraham will receive a denarius. And we'll all be rewarded together. And I will receive the same reward as St. Anthony and St. Mary and St. Paul. What, what, what glory, what glory. But they're waiting for you and they're waiting for me. And if your brother or your sister falters and they start to fall back a little bit, they're waiting for them. You see, it's, it's not, it's, this isn't the 100 meter dash. This isn't the 100 meter dash. Who is the fastest? This is the relay race. And they, paradosis, handed down the faith to us. And we received it. And we are handing it down. We're handing the, the faith to the next generation. 
that we all may be glorified together. That we all may be glorified together. Do you think that's what, what's happening in this pandemic is unprecedented? I want to tell you no. We already, I already spoke to you, courtesy of Father Athanasius Iskander and Kishner, who sends me beautiful articles. I already shared with you about the, a, 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 a pandemic which happened in, um, uh, in, in the time of Pope Dionysius the Great in, in the third century. Uh, and how the, the Copts were sending the priests and the deacons into the streets to minister to the sick and the dying, and they themselves died by the tens of thousands. Also, a, a, similar, uh, a similar pandemic happened um, uh, in, the deserts, um, in, in the deserts of Egypt, um, and the monks were rejoicing for the souls that were taken, and they were saying, God is desiring to fill the, the uh, empty places in paradise and so he's taking he's taking from the angels on earth that he may fill heaven with saints in um, in 1307 AD uh, uh, during the papacy of Pope John VIII there was uh, published a document about the consecration of altars, the Coptic rite of the consecration of altars. Anyways, uh, uh, I don't need to bore you. I'm in my conclusion. I don't need to bore you with with the, the description of how this happened. But at the right at the writing of of that document, which was describing the Coptic rite of the consecration of altars, the churches had already been closed for seven years, and Christians were forced to wear blue turbans and were humiliated. Uh, Christians in Egypt were humiliated uh, by their, their, their occupiers um, during the Ottoman Empire. The churches had been closed for seven years. And that, at the time of the writing of that document, we don't know, I don't know how much longer they were closed for after that. So none of, none of, none of the, the trials and tribulations that we're seeing now are unheard of. But let us be strengthened and let us strengthen each other and hold fast to the promise and to the glory which God wishes to share with us. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end, St. Paul tells us in Hebrews 3. In Revelation 2, Jesus sitting on his throne, speaking to the angels of the churches, promises us. Be faithful even to the point of death, and I will give you the crown of victory. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.